gee, I wonder why people are having a hard time just accepting the fact that they're poor. Those are not my words. Those are the words of the chief economist. Of course, it's a chief economist of the Bank of England, who was in the United States on a particular podcast talking about how people in, across especially the Western world have become poorer for the events of the past couple years. Governments came in, made a huge mess, created massive distortions, and now we're the ones who are supposed to accept the fact that we now have to pay for it, pay for, the, for this mess, because economists and central bankers don't know what else to do. And worse, according to this chief economist, if you or I try to do something about this or situation or the status, we'll only make things worse. So we just need to accept the fact that we're poor. Otherwise, we'll get in the way of central bankers as they do God's work, trying to control an economy they very clearly don't understand and making determinations that very clearly don't make much sense. They call economics the dismal science, and while it is truly dismal, it is hardly a science, as the chief economist remarks make very clear. This hostility to wages in particular comes from a place of monetary ignorance, which is ironic because that's what we all think central bankers do. The lack of monetary competency has left them confused and stranded on the topic of inflation. And therefore they're left with this stupid Phillips curve idea, which is hostile to wage growth in situations like they all think that we've been in over the last several years. So we depend upon central bankers to tell us what's going on in the economy. And more than that, we depend upon them because they tell us to depend upon them to fix these problems. And then when problems arise, they say, eh, there's nothing we can do. Just accept the fact that you're now poor. You know, by the way, continue to pay my salary and continue to allow me to travel around the world making speeches and pretending I'm a very important person. That's what central bankers do. That's what economics has left us. And now we're all poorer and facing prospects for even worse. That's really the point here. And when, the, when, we have those pros, when those prospects actually work out and the economy does become worse, what are central bankers going to tell us a year from now? Accept the fact that you're even poorer and now you don't even have a job. What do we all mean here? What is going on? What did the central banker, the chief economist of the Bank of England actually say? We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, we have Eurodollar University memberships available, background details, monetary understanding, what's going on in the monetary system, what it actually means and what it actually does. The very things that central bankers don't do we do at Eurodollar University in our memberships. We also talk about them extensively in our research subscriptions, especially the daily deep dive analysis where we do. We dive deep into all of these topics, not just what's going on in the monetary system, but how you can tell what's going on in the monetary system because there's tons of information available. We also have a daily briefing that I do in partnership with marketsinsiderpro.com, so can, you can check that one out. All the information for all of those memberships and research subscriptions at our website, eurodollar.university. 
So the Bank of England's chief economist, a fellow named, I think of, it's Hugh Pill, he was at Columbia Law School's Beyond Unprecedented podcast, where he started talking about, in the UK, how there was an imbalance between the goods that were sold from the UK, or actually more services, compared to the goods that are brought in, because the UK has left itself to become energy dependent upon the rest of the world in particular. So he started out with this. The UK, which is a big net importer of natural gas, is facing a situation where the price of what you're buying from the rest of the world has gone up a lot relative to the price of what you're selling to the rest of the world, which is mainly services in the case of the UK. So this trade imbalance means consumer price, commodity price pressures, which are going to impoverish quite a lot of people. And in response to the impoverishment in the UK and for other people around the world who are in the same situation where they suddenly have to pay more for energy, doesn't have to be just national economies. It can just be you and me who suddenly have to pay more at the pump or pay more for electricity or something of the same, something similar. In other words, now that we're impoverished by these energy prices, what, what would you normally try to do? Well, we would try to make more money at our jobs so that we can go back to the relative relative uh, cost structure that we had we had become used to before this major imposition distortion uh, mess that was imposed upon us um, happened. So what uh, Mr. Pill said was that you don't need to be much of an economist to realize that if what you're what you're buying has gone up relative to what you're selling, you're going to be worse off. So somehow in the UK, Someone needs to accept that they're worse off and stop trying to maintain their real spending power by bidding up prices, whether through higher wages or passing energy costs on to customers. You can see what he's trying to say here. Since economists like him think that inflation comes through the Phillips curve, in order to break the back of inflation, we need to have workers have absorbed all of that imbalance, have absorbed those massive costs, and just accept it. Just say, hey, it's great that British Petroleum had a windfall and had record profits and all that. It's awesome that Maersk, through nothing, no, through no, no exertion of their own, suddenly their business was booming. Not that they were sending more ships around the world. They were just getting paid a lot for the, more of the ships. They were paying a lot more for ships that were sent around the world. Or Saudi Arabia or any energy producers. It's awesome that they benefited so greatly from the distortions of the past couple of years, I'll gladly accept the costs of that massive distortion and redistribution. That's what economists are saying. Because if I don't accept those costs, if I don't accept the fact that I'm the one who's now poor because of it, I'll just make the situation worse and worse and worse. But is that actually true? Does that, is that really where inflation comes from? Now, I've talked a lot about inflation expectations before, but this goes beyond inflation expectations. This is now in the territory of what they call the dreaded wage price spiral, which is like the Phillips curve, just an assumption, just a presumption about what might happen. So he's asking as an official of the Bank of England for people around the world, especially workers, to accept the cost of this ridiculous harmful distortion because they're not really sure what could happen if you don't. If you continue to ask for wage increases, if you continue to spend it along the way that you are, they expect that inflation will continue to go on and on and on forever. And they're going, they're prepared to act on these beliefs to make sure that you can't, can't continue this idea of inflation. 
So as he said, you know, he continued on saying that, you know, it was not the whole story here, that it was natural that, as he said, price setters and wage setters would, would try to adjust to the cost of living increases, especially workers asking for higher salaries and businesses trying to pass along higher costs to their workers never stopping to think about whether that actually happens. Is this the way inflation, if businesses can't pass along these higher costs to their workers, what happens then? According to economists like Mr. Pill, he says, of course, that process is ultimately self-defeating because in the end, it leads to, in his mind, this wage price spiral where workers ask for higher wages, so that they can then afford to pay for the higher costs, but then the businesses have to pay, have to ask, have to raise their own prices in order to pay for the higher wages, which then leads to more wage demands, which leads to higher consumer prices, then more wage demands and higher consumer prices, and round and round and go. And before we end up, before we realize it, we're in a situation like the 1970s, at least according to these economists. Is that actually true? Well, of course not. Inflation is a monetary phenomenon. And what has happened over many years is that the wage price spirals don't develop on their own. In fact, there's very little, if no evidence for them. And in fact, there's more evidence for not quite the opposite, but for the opposite sort of result, sort of like what we're, what we're facing currently. Because economists think that, again, as, as workers demand higher pay, that businesses are then able to pass along those costs directly to consumers who then have to, as workers, ask for higher pay. But is that always the case, especially in the situation like we have over the past several years, which was more redistribution and no money printing? In other words, Saudi Arabia, they can pay higher wages to workers. And maybe if you work for ExxonMobil, you can get higher wages. But what about everyone else? What about small and medium-sized businesses who did not in any way benefit from the redistribution of the past few years? And while their costs have gone way up in terms of materials, electricity, inputs, they aren't able to absorb lots of wage increases and they're not going to be able to pay for the next round assuming there is an extra. And if you are working for one of these struggling businesses who have seen their margins get squeezed precipitously, and you go and ask them for a wage increase because you need to raise, you need to, to, to raise your own standards, you raise your own income so that you're not squeezed by their higher costs of living too, maybe you don't get the raise that you wanted or you don't get the raise that you need. Maybe costs go up more because then what you're able to make back in income. And that result of that isn't a wage price spiral. It is a readjustment process where the economy has to, after adjusting the wrong way for artificial non-economic non reasons the first time, economics gets imposed. Not in inflation, not in consumer prices continue to skyrocket and accelerate, but in the opposite case, where businesses say, we can't continue to hire workers. We can't continue to pay workers. We have to cut back on hours. Essentially, the cost prices, consumer prices, the pressures of the, the what everybody was afraid of was a wage price spiral actually becomes the deflationary outcome into recession. 
there was a paper that was published last November by the IMF, uh, working paper number 2022-221, called Wage Price Spirals, what is the historical evidence? As I said, it was published by the IMF last fall. And as the name says, they examined the possibility of wage price spirals all throughout the world, all throughout economic history, to see if there's any evidence that we should just accept the fact that we're poor, lest we risk a wage price spiral. Do we risk any wage price spirals? Well, the IMF says, no, not really. Here's what they wrote in their conclusions. Wage price spirals, at least defined as a sustained acceleration of prices and wages, are hard to find in the recent historical record. Hard to find. Of the 79 episodes identified with accelerating prices and wages going back to the 1960s, only a minority of them saw further acceleration after eight quarters. Moreover, sustained wage price acceleration is even harder to find when looking at episodes similar to today, where real wages have significantly fallen. That's the key here. Wages have not kept up with prices so far, which is leading us in the deflationary recession, even depression direction, not toward, hey, we have to accept the fact that we're all poor off lest we ask for higher wages. Uh, back to the paper. A decomposition of wage dynamics using a Phillips curve suggests that nominal wage growth normally stabilizes at levels that are consistent with observed inflation labor market tightness. When focusing on episodes that mimic the recent pattern of falling real wages and tightening labor markets, assuming they are tight, declining inflation and nominal wage growth increases tended to follow, thus allowing real wages to catch up. But did you see here, uh, catch what they said? Declining consumer price pressures. Declining consumer price pressures because unless there's the monetary, the money printing, the real money into this thing, the real inflation, Eventually, the economy has to readjust back to a settled state. And that settled state means not that we have to accept that we're poor. We should, we should probably do something about the fact that these people don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're asking us to accept this wage price spiral, therefore do nothing about it when it doesn't, there isn't even evidence one is even possible. The paper did notice note a... Uh, a real exception here, which sounds even more familiar to what we're facing right now. As I said, the notable example is the United States in the second quarter of 1979, where inflation was on a sharp upward path in the immediate sequel of the episode, rising rapidly for four quarters before starting to decline. The unemployment rate also rose more than during other identified episodes. Unemployment rate. Underlying these changes was an aggressive monetary tightening that began around the time of the inflation peak, the so-called Volcker disinflation. No, it wasn't Volcker. Nominal wage growth, which had not shown signs of continuing its upward path, was relatively flat during this period, leading to a decline in real wages early on. So the Bank of England's chief economist says, we need to accept that we're all poor lest we risk a wage price spiral that isn't going to happen, isn't likely to happen, and instead what is more likely to happen is like the late 1970s where we have this bout of monetary tightening because of the euro dollar system, which leads to a decline, a further deterioration in real wages. Translation, we're about to become even poorer and not because of inflation. And when we do, what are central bankers going to tell us? 
You need to accept the fact that you've become even poorer because what could we have possibly have done about it? That's really the problem here is that time and time again, we've been going through this for the last 15, 16 years. And every time the economy gets worse, every time the people are asked to become poorer for whatever intervention or ever attempt to try to restart economic growth that ultimately fails and only leads to worse outcomes down the road, we're just supposed to accept it. Because if we don't, they say, it'll get even worse. Well, it gets even worse time and time again. And the only question left is, how much time do we have before people don't accept that they're poor? Maybe it's a good thing that this chief economist is, is willing to admit that we're all poor and we're all worse off, though I don't see how that leads us to any really good outcomes, but at least it's some mild progress from when they always used to say, everything's really good, everything's awesome, you're doing really well because of, thanks to us central bankers. No, we're all poor, we're all getting worse off, and we're about to face a situation where we know there is no wage price spiral. And like 1979 in the United States, the tight monetary euro dollar episode, deterioration in real wages is going to continue. At least now we have monetary curves, financial curves that tell us, they tell us we don't need to rely on the chief economist from the Bank of England or any economist for that matter about where things are headed. Sadly, they're headed in the wrong direction, but we kind of knew that was going to be the case anyway, regardless of what central bankers demand of us in the meantime. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, a huge thank you to Eurodollar University members, all our research subscribers, both Eurodollar University and Markets Insider Pro. And until next time, take care.